I gotta be honest with you guys. This one, uh, this one's kind of breaking my brain. This is a weird one. Bigfoot, UFOs, cryptids, creatures of the night. These have been sighted for thousands of years in the past, and you can still find sightings today. But, during the American Civil War, there seemed to be a bizarre rash of sightings. The question is, are these sightings being covered up today on Dead Rabbit Radio? everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day, too. I hope you guys had a great weekend. I really, really hope you guys did. First off, I, I, now I'm not sponsored by these guys at all. This is not an ad read in any way, shape, or form. Legally, I can't lie about that. I'm, this is going to sound like an ad read, but it's not. Shudder, the horror movie streaming service, Shudder, Shudder.com. Right now is having a special 30 days free if you use the promo code SHUTIN, S-H-U-T-I-N. Not getting paid for that. I get no referral service for that whatsoever at all. But I'm using it right now, and I want to share that opportunity with you. I'm currently going to be watching movies using this Shutter thing. And after the 30 days, it's like $5.99 a month if you do the monthly thing. 100% not an ad read. I get nothing if you guys go to Shutter.com. They are not an advertiser. I just think it's a really cool thing. They're doing this shut-in thing, obviously, because of the quarantine. There's a lot of good movies on there. I'm actually thinking about doing a little bit of a Dead Rabbit movie club, since if we all use this, and again, I'm not getting paid, I'm not getting paid at all for this. It would be illegal for me to say otherwise. But if we can all use this, I mean, it, I don't know if it applies to every country, but watch some good movies together and we can discuss them online. Tonight, I'm going to watch The Room. Not that the room. It's a. I, I saw the. This is what made me sign up. I keep seeing this advertisement on YouTube about a guy goes into a room in his house and whatever he wishes for appears in the room, but it can't leave the room or it can't leave the house. You're like Jason. Don't tell me the plot if you don't know the plot. And you're like, okay, that's kind of cool. He's like wishing for paintings and stuff like that, but his wife wishes for a baby. Hmm. Hmm. So check it out. I'm going to watch that tonight, The Room. The Train to Busan is also on there. That is a great one. So Shutter.com, that totally sounds like an ad read. Shutter.com, promo code SHUTIN. You get 30 days free. You can cancel it after that. Again, I don't get paid at all. I just think it's a really cool service. My little brother let me know about it. And I want to give a shout out, like I love to do, to one of my legacy Patreons, James Milney. James Milney, thank you so much for supporting the show. Long-time supporter of the show. Really, really appreciate it. We're giving you the keys of the Carpenter Copter today, and we're headed to the south. There weren't a lot of, you're like, great, Jason's going to try to talk about Civil War history. As far as I know, most of the Civil War battles are in the south, right? The the Southerners never really made a huge push. Like, I don't think we were ever fighting block-to-block in New York or, or Massachusetts or anything like that, right? I, I'm pretty sure... We were just kind of just kept going into the South, stomping on them. Now, they held their own for quite a, you know, there was quite a few losses for the North, but, you know, in the end, I always, I was always used to be a big Civil War buff. I think, I think in a way I kind of am, but I, when I was in high school, I was a big Civil War buff. I honestly wish that there had never been a Civil War. Now, I'm not saying that I wish that slavery wasn't abolished. Because Britain got rid of slavery without a civil war. It would have been interesting to see how America would have fared had there not been a civil war. 
had we not gone to war with the South. It would have been really, really interesting to see how things would work out. But, uh, you know, that's a, an alternative history thing. Again, you want the slaves to be free. I'm not, an, I have to say this now, apparently, I am not an advocate for the slavery of the South at all. But Britain got rid of slavery. It would have been nice if we just could have legislated it out. We would have had no Reconstruction period, no assassination of Abraham Lincoln, no really, no Ku Klux Klan. I think all of that is guerrilla warfare from the South. All, we would have seen a totally different South. It would, that would have been fascinating to see that nation going into World War I as opposed to the one... I mean, we're still awesome. Don't get me wrong. America's still pretty awesome. But anyways, anyways. So let's go ahead and move on to some monsters. And reload that gun. Ten minutes later, reload it again. I'm trying. My, my arms are cramping up. Civil War cryptids. Now, what's funny is this is something that I never really even thought of. And like I said, I was a big Civil War buff when I was a teenager. I'm, I'm surprised I never thought of this before because it sounds pretty badass, honestly, right? First off, we are going to take a look at a cryptid in Tennessee. Now, specifically, southwest Tennessee, northwest Georgia, because that is where the Battle of Chickamauga took place. A Chickamauga. And in the Battle of Chickamauga, you had the, it was one of the worst defeats, if not the worst defeat for the Union, when they were trying to fight the Civil War. That's just what they were doing. While they were trying to invade the South, it was one of their worst defeats, if not the worst defeat. Second bloodiest battle next to Gettysburg. It was really, really bad. Over the course of three days, 3,500 men killed. About 25,000 wounded, and 70% of those later died of their wounds. It was really, really bad. But from September 18th to September 20th in 1863, you have the Union just trying to just push into the South, and the South is like, nope, not any further. <laughs> Cannonballs rolling, blowing people up. Actually, they didn't blow you up, they just crushed you. Like, when I was a kid, I always thought, like, cannons going into boats, blew boats up. No, they just put giant cannonball-sized holes in a boat. I'm sure some of them, like, maybe later on, they're like, even if you packed it full of explosives, I don't really know if it'd blow up. But just putting a hole through a boat is bad enough. A cannonball rolling across the battlefield, is it's pretty gruesome. It's just gonna chop you up. Anyways, the Battle of Chickamauga. You'd have the soldiers fighting during the day. There's no night vision. I mean, again, that... that Old-timey wars I find fascinating, too, like ancient sieges. Greeks and Romans and Persians and all that stuff. Ah, oh, I find all that stuff super fascinating. But Civil War, the battle ends when the sun goes down, for the most part, right? Unless someone's stupid enough to light a cigarette and their head's popping above a trench. Or, you know, they're, like, reading. <laughs> they're reading with a lantern by them. Oh, I really want to know what happens to Anna Green Gate. <laughs> it's you, pretty much it ends at sunset. Because you can't see nothing. Now, there'd be skirmishes. People would be kind of coming around. Enemy lights. Terrifying. Pitch black. Maybe the moon's out. You can kind of see what's going on. For the most part, it would be quieter, at least. Can never rest, but it was a little more quiet. But you'd have people, mostly Confederate soldiers, saw this. They'd be hunkered down for the night. Afraid of what was going to happen when that sun came up. War is absolutely terrifying. Afraid of what was going to happen when that sun would come up. Writing letters to loved ones. This is kind of a dark episode, actually. And they'd see something prowling amongst the dead in the field.
It was tall, lanky. No, no. I swear it was a tiger or a panther, something big on four legs. No, no, that's not what I saw. I saw a floating head moving across the battle. I saw a shadow man, tall and dark, blotting out the pitch black behind it. It's not what I saw, boys. I saw one of our fellow Confederate soldiers. But his eyes, his eyes were different. All over this battlefield, you'd have people see this something walking through the corpses. There's tons of different explanations for this, but they all agreed on one thing. The eyes were glowing green. Now, some people say that this, the, the glowing, it's called green eyes, is how it's known in Tennessee. It's actually a very, very famous cryptid slash ghost story. Green eyes. Some people say it goes all the way back to the days of the Native Americans in the area. That the Indians there saw a creature, they described it as a panther, with green eyes stalking the area. But then it wasn't seen for, what, a, about a hundred years? So some people believe that the bloody days, those three days, where 3,500 people died, over 25,000 wounded, over like 6,000 just went missing or captured. Some people say that that brought this creature back, green eyes. People still have sightings of it. Well, they had sightings of it up until the 1970s, early 80s. There was a park ranger in 1976, a park ranger named... Edward Tinney, he said he saw it on Snodgrass Hill. That's the, Snodgrass Hill is where when the Confederates finally took the field from the Union and the Union had to retreat to Chattanooga, they stood up on Snodgrass Hill and were just taking sniper shots and they were moving artillery into the area to overlook this town. This is a description from Edward Tinney to what he saw. Quote, when it passed me, I could see his hair was long like a woman's. The eyes... I'll never forget those eyes. They were glaring, almost greenish-orange in color, flashing like some sort of wild animal. The teeth were long and pointed like fangs. It was wearing a dark cape that seemed to be flapping in the wind, but there was no wind. I didn't know whether to run or scream or what. Then the headlight of an approaching car came blazing through the fog, and the thing disappeared right in front of me." The most interesting thing about that, I mean, obviously, other than the human-sized monster with giant teeth, is the cape that flaps like there was wind, but yet there is no wind. That's an interesting thing, because to me, that makes it seem almost more like a hallucination, right? Imagine Superman standing there with his arms on his hips. What's his cape doing? Like, some of you might imagine his cape perfectly still. But some of you, I think, would imagine a little bit of the ripple in the design, at least at the bottom, if not full-on. But we imagine the kind of ripple. That's how we're used to seeing Superman. We're used to seeing capes in, in movement. So if you'd see a cape, that makes me think it's a little bit of a hallucination. It's all, it would also be interesting to note that if this thing is not necessarily a cryptid, but some sort of spirit or dimensional creature, the fact that the cape was moving would mean it would be being affected by something not in our reality, 
i.e. he's saying something in between one reality where there is wind and our reality where there isn't. That could be overthinking things. It's probably just a hallucination. But what's interesting about green eyes is been around for hundreds of years. People see it as different things. Some people say it's a Confederate soldier who had his head blown off by a cannonball and he's looking for it. That's stupid, right? Because where, where's his eyes coming from? Now you're thinking, Jason, why don't you make up some weirdo explanation for that? You just spent five minutes talking about capes. You, you don't believe a ghost can get his head blown off? I mean, I believe a ghost can get his head blown off, but, you know, like, that's kind of lame, right? But anyway, I would honestly say what I think it was. It was probably a big old cat. It probably was, in real life, a tiger. Not There are, like, some rich guy in Antebellum South buys a pet tiger. He's buying slaves. He's getting stuff from Africa anyways. I don't think he'd be like, whoa, no, 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 no. That's endangered species. What? I, what? What are you talking about? I only buy humans. No, I think someone may have bought an actual tiger or a panther. And then maybe his house got blown up or he was just a bad, he's obviously a bad person. He owns slaves, but maybe he's also a bad pet owner and just lets his tiger go out. Where is a tiger or a panther going to go? Where there's a ton of bodies. And... Cats have green eyes, right? Like, don't their eyes kind of glow? I mean, now you're saying, Jason, this second one was wearing a cape, had long hair. Well, I'm not, I'm saying that I think you could probably say some of the sightings were actually of a large cat in the South that got free. But but these other ones might be hallucinations, or it could all be some sort of phantom thing. But let's go ahead and move on now. Now, I found out about green eyes because I read an article on Mysterious Universe called... Curious Mystery Monsters of the American Civil War. This article was written in 2016 by Brent Swanser. He writes a ton of stuff from Mysterious Universe. It was published on February 3rd, 2016. What's interesting about this story, the Crocodingo, is what I'm about to talk about, is almost everything I could find about this comes from this article. I found other articles referring to this article Start looking for Crocodingo. I found a bunch of other articles that were referring to this article. And then I found a few, just three or four, that predated this Mysterious Universe article. And those were very vague. We'll get into details in a second, but... Because this is all building up to something. This episode's really, really weird. It was really messing with my head as I've been looking into it. The article on Mysterious Universe is based on a book called is based on a, this this article in Mysterious Universe is based on a book, almost exclusively based on a book called The Civil War of the Worlds, First-Hand Accounts of UFOs and Other Mysterious Phenomenon During America's Civil War. And this book was written by a guy named Edgar Riley. Now, Green Eyes, very, very well-known ghost story. This story we're about to talk about, not so well-known. I can only find, like I said... Most of the information is from this article, and most of the information from this article is from this book, The Civil War of the World. So let's go ahead and get started on this creature. So this is creatures known as the Crocodingo. Now, don't get it confused, because there's other crocos out there. I found this out researching this. We have the uh, the dog gator, the dog gator, which is half dog, half alligator, proven false. So apparently people have been taking alligators. And, like, making their legs longer, making these dummies, putting them up in their fairs. Look at this amazing crocogator. Fake. We have the Coonagator, which is a raccoon with a crocodile mouth, which would seem a little 
overwrought, right? Like a man, a raccoon doesn't need a bigger mouth. But apparently, and I can almost guarantee what these are. Apparently, the uh, Coonigator has exclusively been sighted around Mount Pelier in Vermont. It's probably just a uh, raccoon who got his face torn off in a car accident. Or some other got hit by a dog and it's all mutilated. Now, you're like Jason. There's a difference between mutilated and a growing a three-foot snout that's reptile. But raccoons, notorious night creatures, you see them in fleeting glances. But anyways, Coonagator, well-known urban legend in Vermont. We have the Bassigator, which is a giant fish with an alligator mouth. Now, that is something that there are tons of fakes of, but people go, yeah, that probably existed like 65 million years ago. A fish with a giant old crocodile mouth, it's probably real. It basically looks like a dinosaur. There's tons of fakes. You can go all around the country, probably around the world. People will make these fakes. Some people swear that theirs is real, though. But out of all of these uh, gators and these adiles, we have the crocodingo. Let's go to Huntsville, Tennessee. James, fire back up that carpenter copter we're flying around. Now, this isn't far from where we were just at, so we probably could have just walked. But Huntsville, Tennessee. It's July 31st, 1839. There's this farmer dude hanging out his house, right? He has two dogs. Actually, no, they're well-behaved. They're not barking yet. They're like, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm," just laying there. And then he sees out his window some lights. (laughs) There's not a giant cat outside. Dogs are super hungry. The dogs do start barking, though. They start freaking out, and he goes outside. And he sees these lights. He says, it looks like the northern lights up in the sky. And then he says, he sees what he describes as a straight bolt of lightning. Like fly overhead. He turns around, crashes into the forest behind his house. The dogs are totally going nuts. They actually go nuts just when they saw the lights normally. This guy, his name is Hank Lemon. Hank Lemon. He's standing there, he's looking, and he sees in the darkness of the forest a creature. The body of a dog, the head of a crocodile. Run off at super fast speed. Through the darkness. Now, I have a lot of problems with this narrative just right off the bat. First off, it's 18... Tell me if I'm wrong. It's 1839, it's Tennessee. Hank Lemon... We don't know. First off, we'll we'll assume these people are real. I'm not going to go into that whole thing like, well, I looked at Ancestry.com and there's no Hank. Whatever. Some of these guys I did do that for. Because this story gets really, really weird. I really started digging into genealogy stuff. But let's just assume Hank Lemon is real. He's a real person. I have a couple problems with this. 1839 Tennessee. Would somebody in Tennessee know what the Northern Lights look like? Right? There was no National Geographic back then. Right? I don't think there was. Well, there definitely was no color photography. You'd show some picture of... And, and even photography. I don't even think there was photography. So, unless he had specifically been to Canada or up further north, I don't think he would have known what the Northern Lights looked like. But he described it as the Northern Lights. But whatever. We'll say that he used to hang out with Scrooge McDuck and he made his money at the Yukon and then came back to Tennessee. That's fine. I'm still a little suspicious. But again, this episode totally broke my brain. I'm suspicious about everything. Wait till the ending. So 
the fact that he sees something, he's looking at it in the forest, it's dark, he just, his, his eyes just got affected by all this light show and this lightning bolt that goes over his head, but he's able to see a crocodile and a dog fused into one takeoff super fast. I find that suspicious that he's able to see that level of detail. I find the whole origin of this suspicious, but we're just getting started here. He does, though, whether or not he sees the creature, he definitely smells it. He smells it. Here's a quote. There was this horrible charnel stench in the air, and something else, a horrible thing, something that would drive a man crazy should he be exposed to it for too long a period. A long time ago. I think around episode 200, something like that. I talked about how a lot of times when people describe Bigfoot, a lot of times they'll smell them first. They talk about how horrible the smell is of it. And I had a theory that people may be inhaling methane. And actually, they may, a lot of these paranormal events, these Bigfoots, these cryptids, people may be walking through the woods. They get a whiff of a natural gas leak. They're basically overcome with fumes. The same way that the oracles at Delphi would um, have visions because they're over this big old gas leak. And that's possible. Now, now, so here's my thing. Like I said, Northern Lights and all this stuff. Here's my thing of what could rationally happened. But again, we have so much stuff to talk about. This episode's so weird. A meteorite crashes down and releases some sort of methane gas, which isn't unknown of. We have other things of meteorites crashing and releasing gas and things like that. I mean, I'm not specifically, I shouldn't say methane, because that wouldn't mean that there was something living in the meteorite, but who knows? There could have been a meteorite strike, actually, and it punctured a hole in the ground that released some methane, and he hallucinated these things. Who knows? But I do think there is a connection. People should look into a connection between the smell of rotten eggs and then seeing cryptids or demons or whatever. I think there might actually be a connection between gas leaks, hallucinations, and a lot of this cryptid activity. But anyway, so... He sees this thing, this thing walking in the woods. He's able to accurately say in the dark that it's a monster and it runs super fast away. And it smells the worst. It smells so bad it would drive a man insane, which is an amazing description. If it was just him telling the story, I wouldn't waste your time, right? Like, oh, maybe I would tell that story as a short thing, but this goes way more in depth because he's not the only person who sees it. So... He may have embellished the story a bit with the Northern Lights and all this stuff. I don't know why I'm so hung up on the Northern Lights, but he could have embellished the story a bit. But this thing is then seen for the next 140 years. The most sightings of it were pre-Civil War, 1856 to 1860. It was seen along the river eating fish. So even that's like a good 14, 20 years later. It's eating fish to the point where the fishermen in the area are trying to kill it. Because they believe that it's cutting down on how many fish they can actually catch. They believe it's become an apex predator. It's eating all these fish. During the Civil War, it is sighted standing over the body of a Confederate soldier. There's a Confederate soldier named Roger Owens, who is a real guy. I did look him up. He is a real Confederate soldier. He was with the uh, Kentucky Volunteer Group. He's in Tennessee, but I don't think they were like, no, you stay there. <laughs> yeah, we're getting really beat up over here, but you stay there, Kentucky guy. He was a real soldier. He said that he saw one night, they're stationed in Tennessee, he says that he sees the body of a fallen brother, a Confederate soldier, and he sees this creature just standing over the body. Now, he wasn't actively eating it, but the guy says, I could tell the body... Looked a little more torn up than the average uh, dead soldier. 
And then later when they went to go check on it, the body was gone. They saw blood in the area, but the body was gone. So the insinuation is this thing was eating the dead during the Civil War. Nowadays, the sightings are all um, around a place called Oneida, or Oneida in Tennessee. In the 1900s, this thing, the people were laying down railroad tracks. There would be bite marks. Bite marks in a railroad track. So again, this thing is either the Mary Sue of cryptids, or it's getting exponentially stronger. It's eating fish, and then it's eating humans, and now it's eating railways. 1943, there was a sewer worker named Jack Bannister, and he said one day he was walking down the street. I don't know if it was at night. I'm assuming so, because this would be quite bold to do during the day. The crocodingo. Walks up. The crocodingo, because he looks like a dingo. Did I say that? I said he looked like a dog, but it's the same thing. And I think I've been calling him crocagator a lot, too. So we'll see if I have to edit those out. The crocodingo walks up to a manhole cover and using just its nose like a dog, push the manhole cover off. That's not an old woman on All in the Family complaining. That's the metal scraping against the concrete. And he watched the crocodingo jump into the sewer. And to this day, people say you can still hear the snarls and the growls deep within the sewer system underneath the city of Oneida. That's a local legend, definitely. But what's interesting is 90% of that information is only found in that Mysterious Universe article. I would find stuff about the Crocodingo, and they'd be like, Crocodingos, Tennessee, people have seen it there. And all of that stuff was mostly after the Mysterious Universe article came out. Weird, right? Very, very detailed for what should be a pretty well-known local legend. Because we have tons of information on Green Eyes. Like Chattanooga Express did a write-up on it about how it's societal impact and blah, 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 blah. Green Eyes is very, very well-known. Crocodingo is pretty obscure. Let's fly up to Virginia. Technically, nowadays, it's West Virginia. But let's fly away from the Crocodingo. Let's fly away from, I'm like, leaning out the window. I'm like, I don't believe you saw the Northern Lights. He's like, do you believe that I saw a monster? I'm like, maybe. I don't know. But you didn't see the Northern Lights. We're flying away. The guy's like, I don't know if I should shake my fist at him or just kind of shrug because that guy doesn't believe how, he he doesn't believe the the most basic part of the story. Oh, yeah, monsters. I totally believe that. But what? Northern Lights. We're flying up to Virginia. West Virginia nowadays, Harper's Ferry. Now, this wasn't from the Civil War book. This was from a website called Phantoms and Monsters, an article by Lon Strickler. Private James Moore, 67th Infantry Regiment, Pennsylvania. He's writing, He wrote a letter on February 26, 1863. This letter was found in like the 90s. Someone was going through, someone bought a bunch of stuff from an estate sale, was going through all these letters and found these letters from a Civil War soldier. This letter, again, if we accept this story to be true, was decayed. Parts of it are missing, but this is what we have. Harper's Ferry, Virginia. These are going to be fragments, but I'll just read them as one whole thing. Ramsey and myself were charged to guard company accruements along the railway. Very cold, still night. The boys started raising a ruckus from the garrison. Some were yelling aloud that a man-beast was on foot. There was rifle fire towards the river. We continued our duty as the yelling and shots continued. The corporal queried the witnesses from the company. I was told that the devil raided the food stores after climbing the wall. It was covered in thick layers of dark hair. Maybe eight foot from head to toe. 
So there's basically Bigfoot breaking into an army base. So that's that's a movie. That not saying that. Let's assume that story. Someone needs to make a movie about that, right? Like Bigfoot, Civil War Bigfoot breaking into an army base. He's so hungry. They're just basically like the war is depleting all of his twigs and berries or whatever he eats. And and then he's like, oh, there's a bunch of food in here. So it's like an ocean. Ocean's eight because he's eight feet tall. And he's like coming up with like plans. It's like him and a bunch of other Bigfoots. They're like in tuxes and stuff. And they can figure out it's a heist movie. It's actually, now it's a better movie. It's from the point of view of the Bigfoot. Originally, I was imagining the soldiers, like, hunkered down in the fort, and they hear, like, the roar, roar in the forest. And that would be a horror movie. No, this is going to be a heist movie with eight Bigfoots. They're all eight feet tall. And then they're trying to figure out how to break into Harper's Ferry. That'd be dope. Make that movie, Hollywood. James Wan. I know you listen to this podcast. Make that movie. So, anyways, we have a story of Bigfoot. Now... Well, that was from a post, that was from these letters, and that was from that website, Phantoms and Monsters, which I go to all the time. But I have another Bigfoot story from, again, that same Mysterious Universe article. And the Mysterious Universe article is based on the book, The Civil War of the Worlds. At the Battle of Chickamauga, again, honestly, we just had the green eyes here. So at the Battle of Chickamauga, they also had a sighting of a Bigfoot. Technically a hearing. There were two Southerner soldiers. This is at the same time that the Green Eyes thing is going on. Two Southern soldiers, Private Ott Morton and Private Billy Chandler. They're on guard duty. They're waiting for things to pop off. And they're going to be real bad. Again, it's the second bloodiest battle of the war. They hear a horrible shriek in the woods. A horrible screaming. They go to check it. Because again, they're, guard, they're guards. they got to go investigate that stuff, right? And they actually do see it. I said earlier that they just heard it. I forgot they do see it. They come around the bend, they look in the trees, and they see something. It's 10 feet tall, which is big even for a Bigfoot, with, quote, eyes like hot coals and breath like the smell of rotten meat. So again, and that's really typical in Bigfoot stories is the smell. That makes more sense. Like the rotten meat, you figure it's just been eating a bunch of stuff. If we don't brush our teeth, does our breath smell like rotten meat? Is it just smell? Like if I ain't nothing but meat, all day, which I do because I'm back on keto. But if I did that and then didn't brush my hmm, a science experiment, I'll have to figure this out. They run away. They go back. They tell the commanding officers, there's a monster in the woods. You know, the commanding officers are getting ready for the Civil War. Like, they're in full swing of killing each other. And they're like, right, these guys are saying there's a monster in the woods. They totally dismiss them. But the next day, the two guys are still nuts. They're still cowering in the corner. So the commanding officer goes, oh, okay, so it's not a prank and they're not drunk. They're actually still terrified. Let's go out and check and they send someone else out there. They find feet prints, footprints, 22 inches long. 22 inch long footprints. This is where the story gets weird. So we've talked about Bigfoots and green eyes and ghosts whose cannonballs blew off their heads and the people in the South seen North, known what the Northern Lights look like in the 1830s and crocodingos. We've talked about all of this weird stuff. Now, as I'm researching this, I go, that book sounds right up my alley. The Civil War of the Worlds, first-hand accounts of UFOs and other mysterious phenomenon during America's Civil War. It sounds right up my alley. That book doesn't exist. At all. According to my research, it never existed. Now, I'm not saying Brent Swanser made it up. That, that would just be a weird 
thing as well, but no, it's even weirder than that. Edgar Riley. I think earlier I called him Edgar Wright. That's not correct. Like I said, this episode broke my brain. The director of Ant-Man did not write this book. Edgar Riley, the author who wrote this book that doesn't exist, doesn't exist. There is no Edgar Riley as an author. Doesn't exist. There is an Edgar Riley who fought during the Civil War. It's the only connection I could find. So you go, Jason, you said Brent Swanser didn't make it up, but he's the one who's basing all of the stuff on this art. And I actually emailed Brent Swanser, and I'll let you know what he says when he gets back to me. I said, he did an article a while back on this book, but I can't find any proof that this book exists. I'm not accusing him of making it up, because I found another, even more obscure website. Because Mysterious Universe is huge. I found another really obscure website that not only talks about this book that doesn't exist, but has photographs from it. This is so bizarre. This was hurting my brain. I almost gave up researching it and said, I'm going to do this as another episode, because this was really messing with my head. I implore you guys to go to the show notes for this one, because there's going to be a lot of photographs that I'll describe, but you, you obviously, I'm not that much of a wordsmith. I'd recommend taking a look at these photographs. There's only two websites that talk about this book, The Civil War of the Worlds by Edgar Riley. This book has never been, it's not on Goodreads, it's not on Amazon, doesn't exist. But there's multiple quotes of it from the Mysterious Universe article. And again, if it wasn't Mysterious Universe, which they're a really good website, Brent Swanser, I've covered a ton of times on this show. I don't think he's anything up to anything no good. There's another website I would have think they're just making it up. But I found this other website. It's called DougDobbs.com. It is a Civil War website. And they have a little aside. They only talk about Civil War. They have one article on it called The Civil War of the Worlds by a guy named Simon Cordwainer. And it says, posted here by permission of the author. So what it looks like is Simon Cordwainer wrote this article for somewhere else. And then Doug Dobbs said, oh, that's really cool. I'm a Civil War website. Can I put your article on my website? And Simon says, yes. It's a review of this book, The Civil War of the Worlds. And in this book, we see a bunch of these photographs. We see a photograph of a bombed out city in the south. And there are four UFOs flying in the picture. Now, could be birds, could be artillery shells, could be a lot of different things. But this book, this photo is from this book. Here's a little passage from this book here. The diary of Captain Marcus Twinning, a member of General Hooker's (laughs) Hooker's staff, includes an account of a, quote, metallic object that hovered over the Rappahannock Riverbank for almost 10 minutes in March of 1863. Members of the 10th New Jersey Cavalry stopped to watch as it floated over a Union pontoon bridge. And then there's a photo of a Union pontoon bridge, a bunch of soldiers lined up, and a disc floating in the sky. A UFO. Now, out of all the pictures, this looks the fakest. That UFO would have to be the size... I mean, that UFO would be massive. And it looks weird the way it's blurry. So that one... But it's in this book, and so is that story as well. There was an artist known as Nathan B. Maddington. Now, again, I could not prove that this guy existed. This is where I really was really trying to mess with my head. I'm like, what is going on? Really try to prove that this guy exists. Because at this point when I'm researching this, 
First, I'm like, oh, Crocodingo, that'll be funny. Oh, Green Eyes, that'll be funny. Oh, that books look interesting. And then I went down this rabbit hole. The book doesn't exist. The story of Green Eyes exists. And the Bigfoot story that about him breaking into the camp, that's from another resource. But everything else we've talked about, the Crocodingo and the Bigfoot story with the two men on watch and they see it, both of those, as far as I can tell, only come from this book. And all this other stuff, the pontoon bridge and the UFO photo. This one's weird. Nathan Maddington was an artist for a newspaper called Leslie's Illustrated Newspaper. During the Civil War, he was there and he was drawing pictures. There's a picture of a bunch of dead soldiers and a crop circle. And someone said that they actually found this way later. In 1994, Maddington's great-granddaughter was going through his possessions and found a scrapbook and found this drawing, this sketch of a couple soldiers laying dead next to what appears to be a crop circle. Now, as a skeptic, I'm thinking, you know, maybe they moved to Canon and they drew and it was like flattening the grass and all that stuff. But there's nothing else in this drawing except these guys lying in this crop circle. And then the, this book, Civil War of the Worlds, goes on to talk about a poem written by a soldier named Lucius Dodd, who I could not find any proof that this guy existed, right? Sounds like an old-timey name, but I can't. Apparently, this guy, Lucius Dodd, wrote a poem called Mark the Gravesite, boys. And now this sketch that Nathan Maddington did was in a place called the Wheatfield. And this was at the Battle of Gettysburg. And Mark the Gravesite's boys talks about the Wheatfield. Here's the passage from that poem. Amongst the circles of the wheat field, Yankee boys did fall. Ground lines point to rebel batteries, a hail of buck and ball. And the article is saying nobody really understood what that line meant. Amongst the circles of the wheat field. Now it's possible that they it, it, it means something. Again, as a skeptic, I'm, sometimes I'm grasping at straws or grasping at wheat could mean battlements that are made. And then when they moved the battlements, just the round... But this thing looks like a crop circle. Also noted in this book, and I skip a lot of this stuff because I'm not a big fan of them, but the River Monsters. They had a couple of them. I talked about the Bassigator, but in this book, the Civil War thing, there you would have soldiers seeing these giant alligator like You're like, why don't you tell us about the giant alligator monsters? I'm not a big fan of lake monsters. Giant alligator monsters attacking boats, attacking Confederate boats. You're like, Jason, that's way more interesting than just a dude with bad breath in the middle of the woods. Ah, oh, hold on. Confederate boats going down the river and monsters knocking them over and stuff like that. Those were reported in this book. Chessie, the Chesapeake Bay uh, version of Loch Ness Monster, is in this book to the point that there is a photograph of Chessie, the oldest photograph of a sea monster. It's a picture of Chesapeake Bay. And then you see a little, uh, a too perfect picture of little Chessie head sticking out. And you actually can see the body underneath. I'm assuming it's fake. And that's just because I don't like sea monsters. Anyways, I'm thinking at this point, like I said, I'll, I emailed Brent Swanser and I'll see if I can get more information. But I'm thinking at this point that maybe there was a review cop copy going around or something like that, that the book was never released. But then when we get to the end of this Doug Dobbs article, which is basically a review of this book, which again, go and look at these photographs. We end this with this sentence here. Quote, if you have an interest in Civil War history, or if you are merely a fan of the strange and paranormal phenomenon, you will thoroughly enjoy the Civil War of the Worlds. 
First-hand accounts of UFOs and other mysterious phenomenon during America's Civil War. Riley. So this next sentence means that the person who wrote this article is in communication with the author. So even if they did get a review copy, this person has talked to the author. Riley plans on releasing a second volume near the end of this year. And I will anxiously be awaiting its release. Now, we don't know what year this was written in. Mysterious Universe's article came out in 2016. So, we can assume this was written probably 2015, 2016, 2017. But this book does not exist. This author does not exist. Even though people have, look, appears to have read the book. And people have been in communication with this author. There's one of a few scenarios going on. One, that I'm really bad <laughs> at Google... And you can find this copy like that. It's at 10 used bookstores within 20 miles of myself. I could order it on Amazon right now. That's scenario one. And I'm totally just too paranoid. Scenario number two is this was a marketing gimmick for some virtual movie coming out. And Doug Dobbs got taken into it. And Britt Swanser got taken in by it. Which happens to the best of it. I've got taken in by it. The Lone Pine Devils I did an episode on. Turns out it was a viral marketing for a YouTube movie. It happens. It happens to the best of us. Could be that these were copies or notes going out. The book was never finished. Edgar Riley was looking for a publisher to build hype. But what's weird about that scenario, everyone getting scammed and it, it being a hoax, that's more believable than this one. Because then you would have to assume that Edgar Riley, an author who has enough push to get this stuff published, has no other stuff written, no personal stuff of his own. Like, the name Edgar Riley connected to the Civil War does not exist. I'm sure there are people out there named Edgar Riley. Right now, if your name is Edgar Riley, don't be like, I don't exist, oh no! Like, you exist. But then the paranoid person in me, right? Just what you guys are all waiting for. You're like, why is this so weird to you? I think this book came out, and I think it got suppressed. I think this book came out, and it was so explosive that it got shut down. Da- Not only shut down, but deleted. It's gone. Now I'm going to look like an idiot. Again, if someone's like, no, you dude, you're just bad at Google. Here's a here's hundred copies of it. I think it's been suppressed. I think it existed at one point. Now it's possible that it came out. It didn't do well at all. It had a first print. Of a thousand copies. It was a vanity press book. And it just disappeared. That's totally possible. You still think it would pop up on Goodreads. Or Amazon. Or any place that he had a digital footprint. If this book was from the 1980s. Yeah sure. I would totally agree that this is old. Doug Dobbs article. I, the website that this is on. June 17th 2013. Was the last time it was edited. So now we are going far back enough. That this author may not have a digital trail. But. What's still weird about that is that Mysterious Universe article is talking about stuff, is quoting stuff, has the Chesapeake Bay photograph as well, published February 3rd, 2016. So I still think a copy of this book should have been floating around between 2013 and 2016. But this book has been scrubbed. This author has been scrubbed. This book, as far as any book database that I could look at, does not exist. So then you start to ask questions. Who has the power to do something like that? Now, obviously, time does. Time and negligence. If the book only had 100 copies, and he sent them all out, and it never gained traction, and he never set up an email or a webpage for it or anything like that, 
But even in 2013, authors were kind of doing that thing. But that's possible, right? That it just time has wiped it clean. But then you start to look at who would who would who would want to cover stuff like this up, and then we start to look at stuff like the boogeymen of conspiracy theories, the government. What could be so explosive in a book about monsters and ghouls and UFOs running around during the Civil War times that would make someone want to delete the book? I mean, the if the government had a problem with Bigfoot stuff, there's Bigfoot shows like on cable television. You know, same thing with UFO shows, all that stuff. Who would have the biggest problem with UFO sightings and monster sightings during the Civil War? Who would have not only have a problem with that information getting out, but have the ability to cover it up? Time travel. <laughs> time, time travelers, right? Time travelers. The Civil War shaped American history, and America shaped the world. A thousand different things could have gone wrong every single day during that time period. It was extremely important for where we're at today, for the Union to win that war, and for the Union to win that war in the way they won that war. I think the Civil War is one of those major world events. Every single day, actions were being taken, and mistakes were being made that could have changed the scope of human history if the Civil War had gone another way and the Union had not won the Civil War. You would not have had a United States you would have had two countries that would have almost constantly been at warfare, who would have entered in to help out the Allies during World War I, who definitely, there would have been no Allies, or there would have been no American force during World War II. You can send all the time travelers back you want to fight to kill Hitler, but the fact of the matter is, there was no America in that case. I'm not saying America's the greatest country in the world. They, they were pretty cool. But what I'm saying is that, like us or hate us, we were pretty instrumental for some massive changes in the globe. What if time travelers are going back in time and erasing any mention of this book? Because in this book, again, these are all just little snippets from this book. But in this book itself may be a clue of time travelers interfering in human history. A real clue. A clue that could not be abided. So the little mentions of the monster standing over the body, or the Bigfoot, or the green eyes, which actually, again, is one of the stories that is not only in the, in the book, exists elsewhere. In this book, there was information that was too dangerous for people to know. And not only could that information not be known, but there could be no chance that information could get out outside of that book. So the book was erased. The author was erased. Now, the knowledge that those things existed still exists. But we can never check on it. We can never go get that book and look for it and go to chapter four and turn the page and read a story that just is too true. Is that the case? Or is it simply a book of millions of books that get published this book simply fizzled out. The author went back to doing woodworking, let his private website go under, and is doing things and living his life. That's possible, and that's honestly the most likely scenario. However, 
it's possible as well as 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 minutely possible that the book was scrubbed and scrubbed for our own good because sometimes too much of the truth like too much of a smell can lead a man to insanity deadrabbitradio at gmail.com is going to be your email address you can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio twitter is at deadrabbitradio Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Be safe, be happy. I love you guys, and I'll see you tomorrow.